Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. We are three weeks away from the start of the 2021 NFL draft. And uh, tonight begins the first of uh, really three three straight weeks where we'll be focused very, very heavily on the draft. Tonight we'll be talking specifically about the offensive side of the ball. The uh, offensive prospects the Steelers could be targeting, maybe aren't targeting, and uh, try to explain why and why not and all those other things. And we will definitely answer the question of whether the Steelers will draft a quarterback and also the question, would we trade up for any? Uh, because I know that's a big topic of conversation. Uh, usually, or excuse me, as usual, uh, Ian and Ben are with me this evening. Uh, Ian, what are you drinking this fine evening? I am drinking a Yingling Black and Tan. Oh, very nice. The Yingling yes. Black and Tan. Okay. And Ben, what are you having this evening? Uh, I don't know. Whatever the hell is in the fridge. Um, uh, I'm sorry. I was kind of rushed. That's all right. Uh, Deschutes right. Hazy Daydream. Oh, Neon Daydream Hazy Ale. Sounds tasty. Uh, it, it is. It's yeah. good. Yeah. And I, I, I've got some Calumet Farms bourbon. Too. Oh, very nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I have uh, my, my Bradshaw bourbon. It is so enjoyable. I, I just, all day Thursday, I, I just, time I wake up to the time I get to the podcast, I look forward to having it. Um, <laughs> I have to admit. Um, my, my father-in-law, by the way, wanted me to give you a shout out, Ben, on the recommendation of the Jubal Ale. He's been in my garage refrigerator and uh, there's a couple left in there, and he he was just glowing about how good that beer was. So Christmas uh, beer in April is always oh, he, he just tell your like, father-in-law yeah, I still have yeah. twelve left, and I am <laughs> them. All my yeah, friends well. are like, "How do you still have that beer left? They stopped selling mm-hmm. it in January because when they stopped selling it, I bought a shit ton." Yeah. Yeah, no, that's he, he just he loves a nice beer like that. And uh, oh, it's delicious. Uh, yeah. So he's having a good time with it. Um, all right. Let's just jump right into this sucker here. If we can, guys, uh, the Steelers, of course, will draft at number 24. That's their first pick. And there is all kinds of scuttlebutt about who their top targets are. And, and we'll certainly narrow that down for you. But we're going to jump right in with the quarterbacks. And and I think, and you guys can correct me, but I think the draft this year is going to start probably at number four. Because with San Francisco moving up to number three, it certainly looks like you'll see uh, some combination of Lawrence and Wilson going one and two. And then, again, this is where it gets guesswork stuff with, is it going to be uh, Mac Jones? Is it going to be Fields? Is it going to be Lance? Is it going to be, you know, uh, whoever the Niners? I really hope it's Mac up. Jones because that, yeah. Yeah. that yeah. just make yeah. me laugh my ass I, I, off. Well, yeah. And, and so, therefore, that's, you've got the Falcons like sitting. the Bears moving up to take Trubisky. It, it it ultimately could be. Um, I, I I like a lot of the things that Jones does, but there is no way in hell I'm taking him in the first round. I I'm just not. I'm just not. I I think he's a guy that uh, has, has taken advantage of the fact that he had all world talent around him. He manages the game very well. Um, but I I just yeah I'm with you guys. I, I don't see it happening, but. So, yeah, I saw a tweet the other day that said something to the extent of if Matt Jones goes to a team with weapons, he could be Matt Ryan. If he goes to a team that doesn't have any weapons, he's going to be Mark Bolger, which is probably a fairly accurate um, <laughs> There's a you name. Know, 
range for well, Mark for Bolger looked pretty it. good with weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At, at, at times, he did. No, uh, he looks he looked very good with when he had weapons to play yeah, with. And, and and I think, but I think the sentiment is accurate that you know Mac Jones needs to go to a place where he has weapons that can make plays with the balls in their the ball in their hands and, and, and an he, offensive line. Yeah, he's he's not a creator on his own. No, no, he's not and, a multiplier, if you will. Right, right, and 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 so those are are some of the top guys, and and so since we're talking about them, fellas, let's just jump right into this question. Um, let let's assume three quarterbacks go top three. Atlanta does either something different, or they trade out, and that team doesn't take a quarterback. Whatever. Ben, I'll start with you. When do you, uh, if you're the Steelers, do you start to kind of, you know, get that uh, hand on the chin kind of thought process of like, you know, there could be a quarterback dropping to within, let's say, 10 spots of us. Do you pull the trigger on that if you're the Steelers? I'll answer the question even more directly than that. Mm -hmm. If Fields... Mm-hmm. is dropping mm-hmm. and you think he's going to get to 10 mm-hmm. you move up to 10 from, from, 24. from 24 you move okay. up to 10 okay and it's going to be expensive because you're taking a quarterback and yep. they're going to know it and they're going to ask for more mm-hmm. so it's going to be it's going to cost more than it costs to trade up for devin bush Right. Okay. And, and yeah, and that was a uh, obviously they swapped first rounders right. in, in that year, but then also the Steelers gave up uh second round that year and um a future third. Third, a future future three. third. Yeah. Right. And one of the so, reasons they were willing to give up that future third was they knew they were getting the comp pick from Le'Veon Bell. Which true. they're getting next year, right now. Yes, They've got the, the top one for Bud Dupree, it looks right. like yes. right. projects out that way today. Yeah. Yeah. Things yeah. could change, but today that's the way it looks. So, um, but so, on so the, I, yeah, I, for fields, I would go as high as 10, okay, which would Let's, be expensive, but I would do it anyway. And I think that Trey Lance, he might have more upside, but he's also a riskier player. Yes. So I would wait on Lance to about 14. Okay. And I don't think either one of those players are getting that far down the board. So it really doesn't matter. Nope. But no, it, no. if it were me, right. right? If it were me, that's what the way I would gauge that opportunity if it if it presented itself. Okay, so Ian, let's flip it over to you. Um, yes, Ben's on the record. He said, "Hey, if Fields is there at ten, I'll move up those fourteen spots. I'm going to have to pay a lot, but I'll do it." Mm-hmm. Where, where do you where do you fall in this? Yeah, um, I I was actually looking slightly higher that if he gets to oh. like eight or nine wow I would, I would consider pulling the trigger um i think you can so you know looking back at, at past draft trade history mm-hmm. um probably the best comparable is the texans moving up for deshaun watson they had the 25th pick traded mm-hmm. their current first rounder and one future first rounder to move from 25 to 12 so if you figure we're at 24 so you know, this year's first round pick plus next year's first round pick probably could get us into that 11 or 12 type range. Mm-hmm. Like Ben just mentioned, we also know we're going to have an extra third next year. So maybe you throw in another third, you know, it may, maybe it's a, 
you know, a first and a third mm-hmm. next year plus this year's first, you know, maybe that gets you to 10 or 11. Um, but you've got some teams there at the, the tail end of the top 10 right. that, um, you know, are, are going to be potentially looking to deal. I mean, Dallas at 10 just signed Dak Prescott to a big contract. Huge. So they're not going to take a quarterback. Um you know, and obviously there's there's some teams in the middle there that could look to potentially move back up. You know, you've got New England mm-hmm. at 15 that may be looking to move up. Mm-hmm. You've got Carolina at eight, which just traded for Sam Darnold, but that doesn't really mean a whole lot when, you know, they, I mean, they still have to pick up his fifth-year option, and right. they have Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, their situation is kind of a mess in Carolina right now. At mm-hmm. eight. So I, I doubt they're taking a quarterback. Denver at nine is an interesting situation. Um, you know, do they stick with Drew Locke for another year? Do they pick a quarterback? Do they take, like, Fields if he's there? Right. Um, but we've done we've done deals with Denver in the past, too, which is why I was saying, like, if he gets if he gets to nine, I think it's definitely worth a phone call to Denver mm-hmm. to see if you can get it done. Um, you know, so I'm in exactly. I'm in about the same range as Ben. Like, you know, if if he gets past Detroit's pick at seven, then I think you start making. Yeah, I, I, everything I'm hearing about the Lions, they're not going to take a quarterback this year. Um, no, because they just they just yeah, uh, golf, they just overpaid for one. It, it, yeah. it, Exactly. <laughs> they they traded away their actually good quarterback for one who's actually not good. <laughs> yeah, and then, and they're gonna pay through the nose for those yeah. draft choices, basically. I mean what they did was agree to take on a contract to to get some draft choices. To get some draft choices. Real yep. quickly, yep. sure. Let's talk about the Sam Darnold trade. I I think that's an awful trade for Carolina. I think they lost. Personally. Okay, because because they gave up way too much. They yeah. They traded, what, a second and a fourth next year? Correct. And a and, sixth this year, I And believe. a sixth this year? Mm-hmm. It's just too much. For for a player the Jets had given up on, and they were going to replace through the draft, they gave up that much? I just don't I just don't see it. It's too much draft capital. I, I would have said, nah, I'll wait for you to cut him, and I'll, I'll offer to pay him. Yeah, you know what he's making now, and right. you know I maybe I'll even offer him a two-year deal, and if I don't like him out of the first year, I'll cut him. And and I I didn't see enough of the Panthers last year to really offer uh, a valid opinion of Teddy Bridgewater. I, I I know obviously they weren't impressed, that's why they made the move. But I, I mean, man, if you you add some weapons in there. I mean, is he that bad? I mean, he seemed to do pretty good with the weapons New Orleans had for those five games he he was in last year. So it's I, a better offense in New Orleans. It's oh, a faster, sure, faster sure. track in New Orleans. Oh, well, um, that too. Uh, well, Christian McCaffrey I, got hurt in week one last year right. too. Let's and not McCaffrey got that. hurt, right. and that that really right. hurt them a lot from a from a production standpoint. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, I to me, Carolina would be an attractive situation for a free agent quarterback. Mm-hmm. Coming in, there's really not an entrenched starter. No, um, so you're already attractive from that standpoint. Where a guy like Darnold can come in and compete to start, um, if he were a free agent, mm-hmm. and he was gonna get cut. I that's, mean, yeah, that, there's no doubt that's where it was heading. I just don't. I think it's a terrible trade. So basically, they convinced themselves that if they didn't pull the trigger on the trade, somebody else was going to trade for him. Which I don't know that I don't, I don't know paying that much anybody right. anybody would have traded for him. So I 
I just think it's an awful trade. I think it's a terrible trade. But well, you know, as they say, we're going to find out. Um, I, Ian, I wanted to get your thoughts on if if Trey Lance was there, how how far would you let him potentially fall before maybe making a move on him? Hmm. That's a good question. I like Lance a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So not just, you know, the King Arthur Knights of the Roundtable character. Oh, dear. No, <laughs> I said Lance a lot. You know, I had mm-hmm. to throw in the mm-hmm. pun. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I think, I mean, in, in this day and age, yeah. you're probably giving up two first round picks to move up for a quarterback. Um, yeah, you have you know, to. Like, like we said, what Houston's trade was when the Chiefs moved up to get Mahomes in that same draft they gave up they went from 27 to 10 and gave yeah. up two firsts and a third right um yeah. so which is about where I think we would have to be to get to to 9 or 10 this yeah. year yeah okay. that two was... firsts and a third and, and the th- you might be able to say okay it'll be our second third round pick if we get a second third one well the the chiefs third was that current year too and then we're talking about a future oh, year so oh that, yeah you're talking about yeah, yeah so they're, yeah. they're devalued that's yeah. more like a fourth this year i, I understand right. what you're saying yeah but i uh yeah i i tend to agree with you it's it's expensive as hell and i don't know that it's plausible anyway mm-hmm. yeah the the one thing i will say is the and i'll give credit where it's due to derek who does some writing for us but he's been yes beating this drum on twitter that yeah if you're willing to trade up for an inside linebacker, if you're willing to trade a first round pick away for a free safety, you damn well better be willing to trade up to get a quarterback. Um, because mm. as valuable as those two positions are to the defense, you're not going anywhere in this league without a quarterback. And I know, would then... agree with that, but okay, you, the... are, you, you knew you had a proven commodity when you looked at Minka because you had NFL tape you could evaluate and you went. This guy is worth a first round pick. This isn't a yeah. risk. Oh, absolutely. Where, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying Mika wasn't worth it. I'm saying that if you're willing to make those I, moves I understand for those what players, you're saying. What I'm yeah. saying is somebody like Trey Lance, you are taking a risk. The risk, the downside on that is is huge. And this is the kind of trade that gets GMs fired. I yeah. also I also think it's a little different too because you're talking about drafting a guy un, unlike you know Minka or Bush who isn't likely to see the field right away if at all. Oh hell no! You know, you draft so a quarterback I, this year, you hand him a clipboard and say, "Right, here you go, learn the right. offense." So to me, it's a little different. I, I see Derek's point, and I think it's a valid one. I just think there is a difference there. Yeah. Um, I, I will you know. say though that you know when you look at the past draft trades for quarterbacks, the Play, the teams that have traded up into the top five have done really badly, but the teams that have traded up into that like six to fifteen range have done all right. Be on, better, yeah. yeah, on the quarterbacks they've taken. Now, you know those. The, I will say those trades in the six to fifteen range mm-hmm. tend to be draft day trades, whereas the trades up into you know the top three typically happen before the draft and before the draft everything has a lot more value because you can negotiate a lot more when you know a team's on the clock with 10 minutes they don't have a whole lot of time to wrap up trade negotiations Mm -hmm. sometimes sometimes you can get things done for you know not selling the farm to trade up for uh you know mitch trubisky (laughs) trade up one (laughs) spot one spot 
Like, so let, yeah, yeah. Let, let, let me turn the, the quarterback focus here to, to something else. So if, if none of these top five guys, you know, happens to, to be there and it doesn't or work I, out. I would not trade up for Mac Jones. I'm just putting that out there. I would not trade up for Mac Jones, Fuck period. No, stop. I would not draft him in the first round, period. Yeah, yes, Ben is beating around the bush. He's not being nearly direct enough, so he's saying he would <laughs> he wouldn't draft. Uh, but 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 do the Steelers, uh, Ben? Do the Steelers take a quarterback? Period in this draft. Uh, maybe. Oh, um, okay. Listen, they don't need to, and right. they have more pressing needs. Mm-hmm. But their quarterback depth is unproven. That's putting it nicely. Their quarterback depth is shit. And, you know, if if there's an opportunity to take a prospect you think is really interesting, not just mm-hmm. some guy you want to develop, but a guy mm-hmm. you think is really interesting in the middle rounds, then, yeah, you take him. And, you know, you, you think about the future of the franchise and yeah, mm-hmm. he's not going to do anything for a couple of years, but you get him into your system and you get him to learn it and you see where things go. Okay. Um, but, you know, I hope they don't. Honestly, I hope they just re-sign Josh Dobbs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, I right. We have. And I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, you know, Ian, I hope they don't take yeah, one, yeah. but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ian, do you, do you see a scenario where they take a quarterback at some point in this draft? They could, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I would say the, the the guys I would keep an eye on would be like Kellen Mond from Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't take him in the first two days if he's there. I mean, we have two fourth-round picks also. So if he's there, you know, with one of our fourth-round mm-hmm. picks, have maybe, a fifth. we don't have a fifth, right? We yeah. essentially have a – yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, a sixth and two-seventh. Yeah. Um, but – you know, the, the kid from uh, Wake Forest, Jamie um, Newman, Jamie Newman, I wouldn't take him before the sixth round. But if he's there at the tail end mm-hmm. of the sixth round, I mean, it might be worth a flyer. See what can happen. Okay. Um, so. So, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if we took one at some point. I'll say, you know, on the first two days of the draft, I think we have much more pressing needs to address Agreed. the quarterback. Unless, like we said, somebody falls and it's one of those situations where you just can't pass it up. I mean, in all likelihood though, if they draft a quarterback, Dwayne Haskins is done. Well, okay. So oh, let yeah. me stop you right there. Cause that's what I was going to ask you for, for kind of a, a quick answer here in hello, Maggie. Hi Maggie. Um, yes. She is awake. What, what I was going to ask both of you and, and Ben, I'll start with you is with Dwayne Haskins being there, Let's assume he wasn't there. Do you do? You, does that change your your answer on do they draft a quarterback this year? If he wasn't there, I would assume that they were looking to draft yeah. a quarterback. Yeah. Provided that they liked one that was available. I know it's a non-answer answer, but you know, basically, no, no, it's I, like, you know, let's see what the what the draft yields, and if we don't draft one, we'll sign one. But they right. have Haskins. They've got him on a futures contract, which basically means he was given no signing bonus. They can cut him tomorrow, and they're out zero dollars. Nothing, nothing. And you know he's going to have to prove himself to even make the practice squad this year. Mm-hmm. And the guy was a first round pick this time last year. You know? I, I, so you know, I no, I I agree with you, and I and I think 
you know, I think that's the way they're looking at it. They, it's not going to cost them anything. If, if a quarterback does happen to fall into their lap, you know, in a situation where they didn't think it was going to happen, then he's very, very expendable, very expendable. Um, but I also look at it like, you know, he's kind of their QB draft choice for this year. Um, so if they don't take one, they can just simply say when they're asked, why didn't you take one? They're like, well, hey, Dwayne Haskins was kind of that guy. Um, you know, so I, I think it's a fascinating thing. I think it's, you know, the way that they approach it. And uh, I, I'm not I'm not big on Kyle Trask. I'm not big on Mac Jones either. Um, if if I think Kyle Trask is, I mean, we said it for two months. Yeah, he's Mason Rudolph all over again. He is, but if they, have, if they have drafted Mason Rudolph in say the fourth or fifth round, mm-hmm. would you have as big an issue with Mason's performance to this point? Huh. Had they not used the third round pick they got from Artavis Bryant drafting Mason Rudolph? Yeah, they used a premium pick on him. Yep, that we were all excited about having. Hmm. And basically took a flyer on this guy because they said they had a first round draft grade on him, and and he sucks. <laughs> you you can and I never thought I would say this, especially going back to that that time. But I, I you could argue Landry Jones' selection was better than Mason Rudolph's. Selection. It was, you know. <laughs> I, I I mean, Landry's he, smarter. He, well, and he actually Sorry. won some games for the Steelers. You know, Landry um, was a smarter player. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't have as good an arm, in my opinion. No, I agree. But he's smarter. He knew where to go with the ball. Mason mm-hmm. is still confused. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's all we really need to say on the quarterbacks. I, I, I think unless one of them falls into that 9, 10, 12 range, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, so let's slide over to one running guy I here. do like. Just Yeah. Just, yeah, you know, if they get all the way through the draft and he's still available, and they, you know, he's available to sign uh-huh. Zach Thomas, the former Miami State. linebacker. No, no, oh. out of oh, out of sorry. Appalachian State is a quarterback okay. I like. Um, kind of mm-hmm. a dual threat guy. Yeah. Um, kind of a weird body type, but he's he throws the ball at all kinds of different angles, and it it just I don't know. There's something intriguing there. You could bring him in as a fourth quarterback and see if you could develop him, and that might be a nice project. He'd be fun. But see, I like those types of guys, especially if if they're uh, they have to enter a game or if they have to spot start. I, I those dual threat type guys to me are tough to plan for. Um, yeah, because you know, it's a lot of it is off script, and like I said, yeah. he's got the different arm angles when he's throwing the ball, and mm-hmm. he's got this weird. He's got like short arms and. <laughs> small hands and a short torso and you're just like yeah eh, what it's just weird uh, and, and the guy's six yeah. five yeah. You know? so i mean proportionally so, right. speaking you know it's like it's just it's just odd mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but yeah he can do some things and he's fast man he's fast oh, that, that also helps yeah um Ian, uh, quarter or excuse me running backs i know you're a big fan of travis etienne the young man from clemson um, but what I'm going to do is present you with this. He and Najee Harris are both sitting there at 24. Who do you take? Harris, hands down. Harris, um, hands down. Okay. Yeah. Samuel calls me. 
I wish. Um, the, the kid from uh, the tackle from Texas, who mm-hmm. I really like, but we'll talk about him later. Yeah, we'll get to um, the tackles. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I've said this before. I wrote an article on it that the taking a running back in the first round is not the most efficient use of a first round pick because of how mm-hmm. quickly their careers tend to burn out. That being said, I would be thrilled if Najee Harris was a Pittsburgh Steeler because that dude runs hard. He has the the build to be durable in this league um, and he can make things happen mm-hmm. impromptu. I mean, there's a uh, good receiving he looks, back. Yeah. He yeah. looks a lot like Derrick Henry. Um, and I hate to, I hate to make that comparison. I, no, he's not as big, is he? Not as tall. He's not, and he doesn't run straight up and down like Derrick Henry. Henry runs like he's he just stands straight up. It's like it's weird. Okay, so kind of a thicker Eric Dickerson. Yeah, I, I was thinking guess. more of like he could take a checkdown pass and just you know make a couple mm-hmm. guys miss and be yeah. gone for sixty yards. Yeah, but, or or just yeah. flatten them and keep going. Yes, <laughs> yes. He's I mean, a, he he's he a does have that dude. kind of strength at the second level. If he gets ahead of steam, good luck. Yeah, he yeah. is. Or a he load. could just jump over them too. Yeah, that's that, yes, he's, he's a, a fantastic athlete. Yes. Yeah. So, so Ian, to be clear, you would you would take Harris there at one uh, or at twenty four in the first, and you. But if Samuel totally Cosby was there, he'd take him instead. Oh, for God's sake! <laughs> yes. uh, um. So yeah. Uh, but okay. I I would not be. I would not be disappointed if Najee Harris was wearing black and gold next year. Uh, Travis right. Etienne, I like a lot. He's mm-hmm. definitely a home run hitter. Um, he's. But it's not all straight line speed with him. He actually has a little bit of wiggle. He mm-hmm. might be one of the better receiving backs in this yeah, draft. Real good athlete. Yeah. He can he can actually run some routes out of the backfield. He's he's not a great blocker, um, but a lot of a lot of his tape. It's hard to tell what his assignment is because Clemson ran a lot of that run pass option stuff. So yeah. a lot of it, like he was also the check down option so if he's taking a play action handoff and supposed to kind of sell the run and then just leak out as a check down option like mm-hmm. his assignment is not to be blocking a guy so you know there were times he was asked to block and did not do well so he d- definitely needs to work on his blocking but that being said sometimes it was hard to tell like is he actually bad at blocking or is he executing his assignment, which is not to block? Um, that being said, ETN probably has the best um, burst or acceleration in this draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, he goes from zero to a hundred like that. I mean, right it's now. like he's shot out of a cannon out of the backfield. Like, uh, there's guys like Chuba Hubbard um, from Oklahoma State, who's probably going to be available later in the draft. Who yep. his Hubbard speed is all track speed it's straight line long speed but he doesn't have that acceleration um you know to be Mm -hmm. full speed quickly he takes time to to rev it up whereas etn is full speed within a couple steps i mean his his burst out of a standstill is incredible Um, we have we have not had a a home run hitter like that um, really since Willie Parker, Willie Parker and ETN is much better than Willie Parker because Parker got brought down by first contact a lot. Actually, Hubbard reminds me a lot of Willie Parker. Um, I really like Javante Williams out of North Carolina. I think yeah. we're going to miss the window on him. Um, I, I wouldn't take him at 24, but he's not going to be there at 55. Uh, but I think he's going to be a really good back. I like Michael Carter, the other, the other kid out of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, he might be there at 55 but we may also have other more pressing needs than, 
than him at 55. And and just um, real quick, too, uh, before I, I get Ben's thoughts on the running backs, um, Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert, they were at the pro day for Najee Harris, who uh, he didn't really do much, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, but, yeah, and, and the story on him was it was kind of a neat story. He drove, uh, like, all night long. Uh, from Texas to be there at the pro day, even though he wasn't going to participate, he drove there to be there for his teammates. And, and so it's a real minor thing, but I like stories like that. I, I like yeah. the attitudes on these guys. And then they also saw Travis Etienne at Clemson. They did not go to North Carolina. Um, that was a little surprising. That was, I, I was a little surprised by that because not only did you have the two running backs there, but you had, um, uh, Chaz Surratt, the, the linebackers there. You had a couple other players there too. So, uh, and then as far as other running backs, I know that they saw, and again, Colbert Tomlin, Trey Sermon else, at Ohio State. What else yeah, is going they, on that same like, day, though? They like nothing. Well, nothing. Duke, Duke was going on, and uh, oh, God, I have, I'll have to go back. Were they traveling game. somewhere else for another pro I day think the next they day? Must have been. They went to Ohio State the next day. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, Maybe they decided they couldn't do both. And uh, Eddie Faulkner was in North Carolina. Right. Going that out there. Uh, Yeah. Ben, what are your thoughts on the running back situation here? Uh, Harris. I I think they like Sermon a lot. And he, I do too. He may be there in the third round. So, okay. Okay. Go ahead, Ben. Uh, Harris is. Harris is the best back in this draft, in my opinion. However, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if the Steelers are going to go to an outside zone, outside zone, inside zone combo. There we go. Kind of a deal. I almost think Javante Williams might be better suited. He might be my favorite back for that offense. Mm -hmm. Um, He's not as good as receiver as Harris. He's Mm -hmm. not as complete an athlete as Harris. He's more of a power player. He's not a, a finesse guy. Um, Harris can do it all. He can do power. He can pick up the blitz. He can, he's not great at picking up the blitz, but he can do it. Um, I don't think that Williams was asked to do it. <laughs> not <laughs> much, not um, much from the tape I watched. He's, he's pretty competent um, as a receiver. He mm-hmm. can, he can, you know, execute a swing pass without breaking stride, which is something that some running backs can't do for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, between the two, I'm kind of back and forth. You know, would I take Javante Williams in the first round? No, no, I probably wouldn't. However, if I was sitting at 24 and there was really nobody I really liked, mm-hmm. I would trade back to the end of the first round and I would take Williams. Say, Let's say you're sitting, you move back to the end of the first and you pick up I don't know, a second or a third rounder, depending on who you're trading with. It's probably a second rounder because you're trading with somebody who's picking late. And you're now picking 32nd. I would take Williams there to go in that offense if they're going to a ZBS outside, outside blocking scheme. Now, an outside zone, excuse me. Um, so what you're saying is Kansas City needs offensive tackles. If they trade up and take Samuel Cosme and we trade back with them and take Javante Williams. No, if, if Samuel Cosme's there and the Steelers don't take him, I would be almost as upset as I, as, as I would be if Mac Jones were there and they took him instead. That no. would piss me the fuck off. 
Maybe they'll pull a Madden trade, slide up in two spots, and then they'll get get uh, Mac Jones and Cosme back to back. That'd be sweet. Neat. <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, yeah. So yeah, Etienne, so- I'm not Etienne's okay. I, I I really think of him as a guy who who made his big plays because he had 18 inches of daylight with a great offensive line. He did, and he he just hit his burst. And somebody whiffed, took a bad angle, and he was gone. And at that point, it becomes a foot race, and you can't win. When you're trying to win a foot race for that guy, you can't mm-hmm. win. Yeah, you're not winning. But in the NFL, there aren't that many situations like that. Mm-mm. It just doesn't happen. He's he's either a home run hitter or it's two yards. And that, to me, I'm like, yeah, isn't necessarily what we really need right now. I like Sermon better for the offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not that big a fan of Michael Carter, not for this offense. Um, Harris would be great, but I don't think they can afford to take him in the first round. I think they mm-hmm. need linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, hell, man, I'll be honest. If Harris and Etienne and Williams were all there at 24 and all the tackles were gone, but there were corners that I still liked, I'd take a corner before I took either one of the running backs. Wow, really? Really? Mm. Now, why, though? Because a defensive backfield needs bodies. Justin Lane is not developing. No. no, He lost his job to an undrafted free agent. He lost his spot to an undrafted free agent last season. Mm -hmm. We have no nickel corner. Nickel corner has got to be a very good corner. Yeah. In the Steelers defense. He's good also got to be a very good tackler. Yep. Yeah, but he's he field corners a harder position to play, mm-hmm. in my opinion, than a guy who's playing in the outside. Uh, okay, harder's the wrong word. It's just different. It's yeah. yeah. It's just different. And okay. it, it's harder to find the right athlete. That's the better way to put it. It's harder to find the right athlete for that spot. It's difficult. Well, let's, I thought yeah, Senquez Golson was gonna be fantastic if he I did the damn too. field. I did, too. I thought, man, yeah. Uh, well, we'll talk about the cornerbacks uh, next week on the defensive side when we preview them. Um, I, let's slide over to tight ends, um, and, and let's let's just automatically take Mr. Kyle Pitts of Florida and say, um, have a wonderful career, young man, because you're never going to come. Yeah, you're never going to be in our sniffing neighborhood. Uh, Unless he goes to Cincinnati, and then I hope he has a really shitty career. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, I, I quite frankly, I don't want him to have a good career wherever he goes whenever he plays the Steelers. So that, if that, the that's... Bengals take Kyle Pitts instead of Penny Sewell, <laughs> well, they deserve to suck. So somebody made the I don't know if you guys saw the the graphic that somebody made. It was it, the the top graphic was a picture of wasn't of it Joe Burrow, huh? Wasn't it Brugler? I it might have been. It was if Joe Burrow. Then it was Joe uh, Burrow throwing throwing the ball to, throwing uh, to Jamar Chase, but didn't have any <laughs> linemen and he got killed. <laughs> I thought he was throwing the ball to Joe Hayden. Well, I think yeah, that's people were joking and that that's where he would end it's up. Number twenty three. Um, so what that does is when you take Pitts out of the equation, now you're looking at a guy like Pat Fryermuth. Um, it's really the only other option. I personally, guys, I don't see him as a first round tight end. Um, but again, that doesn't mean the Steelers, if they can find a partner, maybe you don't trade down and you take them. Ian, where, where are you with tight ends, uh, in this draft? Uh, let's talk about need first that right now we have yeah 
Eric Ebron in the last year of his contract and nothing behind him. So there's definitely a well, there's need. Zach Gentry who's really oh, outstanding. <laughs> he sucks. I mean, um, you know, there's that Michigan tradition of great tight ends. Um yes, yes. Um it's a fine like, tradition. Uh, Jeremy Tuman. How about that? Yeah. I was going to say Jake Butt, who had the most unfortunate well, name for a tight end ever. Well, and but yeah. Yes. Uh, go ahead, Ian. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, we definitely need a tight end. We have um, to. If, if there's a guy in this draft that is the most similar to what Heath Miller was, it's Fryermuth. Um, he can both block and run routes and make catches. Um He's he's probably the most well-rounded tight end. I mean, Kyle Pitts is without question the most. <laughs> he's ridiculous. without question. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know if I would take Fryermuth at twenty-four. He probably won't be there at fifty-five. But I mean, right. if we want to go back to that trade-down scenario, I would I would certainly be willing to take Fryermuth and an extra, you know, day two pick um, and snatch Fryermuth at, you know, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, mm-hmm. you know, some, somewhere at the back end of the first round. Um, yeah, I would, I would, I would use a late first round pick on Fryermuth. I agree with that. I would put him. Okay. So um, not you, neither of you would do 24, but if you could slide down to, let's say uh, 28, 29, 30, 31, somewhere in there, you'd do it. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If you can get to the very end of the first round, I would take him. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he would fit. I mean, Tomlin and Colbert were both at his pro day. So, yes. Um, yes. And actually, yes. I think Alfredo Roberts, the tight ends coach, was at his pro day as well. Um, and actually ran him through some workouts. And Friar Moose spoke yeah. very highly of him. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And really, after that, like, there's not a lot in this draft. You're you're basically banking on guys who played in blocking tight end roles to have some kind of upside in an offense that would throw them the ball. Um, like Tommy Tremble at Notre Dame tested very well athletically, but his production was mm-hmm. like next to nothing in his mm-hmm. career. Um, because Notre Dame. That's well, that offense. I mean, that quarterback sucked. It, it, it's awful. a weird yeah. offense there. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard to project him to the yeah. NFL because they threw the ball so badly. And and just you mentioned that Colbert and Tomlin were at the Notre Dame. They they they're there yes. every year. But of the other tight ends, the Brevin Jordan at Miami, Hunter Long, Boston College, Kenny Yaboa, Mississippi. The only other uh, one they were at, I believe, was Georgia. Georgia with Trey McKitty. Trey McKitty. He's a day three pick, maybe fourth or fifth round for him. Absolutely. And then and then the kid from Michigan because uh, they were there, and then Luke Farrell. But I mean, now you're getting into late, 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 like sixth, seventh free agent type stuff. Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I I really think that they've got to have tight end higher on their priority list than maybe we fans are are thinking. Um, yeah. I agree with you. Two. I think they're more interested in Fryermuth than than they're letting on. I also think though that I and it's just instinct. Yeah. I, I don't have any insight and you know, just like every year I'm trying to find things out and people are you know, re- regurgitating the lies they've been told. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. You know, I think the Steelers are going to pull a fast one this year and do I something do unexpected and it's because it's such a weird year. 
mm-hmm. and they're going to have to do more to try and hide their intentions. And it's just, uh, I just don't think they're going to do what we think they're going to do, what we expect. Right. It's going to be, it's going to be weird. And I don't know how else to put it. And I hope no, they get I, a tackle. I, I, really I'm hope with they you. Get a tackle. I do too, but I don't think it's going to be a tackle. And I don't, I don't think it's going to be a running back. I don't think a. I don't think one of the tackles will be there mm-hmm. at twenty four, right? Um, unless by some miracle, you know, there's a run on quarterbacks and wide receivers, and teams get scared. Yeah, which which I'd be fine with because we don't need I, either one of those things Absolutely. right now in the first round. Well, we need a first. We need a quarterback, but we're not getting one. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, if if those two things happen, we got a chance of a tackle being there, but. I don't know, man. I, I think it's a long, long shot. and a perfect world, that's what we need to have happen. Well, we'll get to tackles here in just a moment. Let me just remind everybody that you are listening to the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated, serving Broward in the Southern Palm Beach counties in Florida. Whether it's commercial, residential, multifamily, or condos, contact Deck Roofing today by visiting deckroofing.com. You hear that, Ian? Uh, they do residential, I told you. Well, you know what? John Deck told me that they do mostly residential. Uh, ben is an outright liar. I just want to point this out. Yeah, I could, I could, I could sense it. <laughs> what, a, what a jackass! Uh, let's slide over to the wide receiver position. Uh, guys, I don't care if the Pittsburgh Steelers have 10 top wide receivers. I never rule them out taking a receiver in a draft. Um, that said, I don't think we have to worry too much about a receiver in the first two rounds. Let's put it that way. Is that fair, Ian, to suggest that? No. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Is your name Ian? It's like no uh, five-year-olds. Yeah. Did, I mean, think they were, like, did you think they were going to take Juju Smith-Schuster in the second round when they did? Uh, no, no, we were shocked. We were like, "Whoa, why did they take a wide receiver?" Because the value was there. Yes, they they love the value stuff. So Sorry, Ian, Ian. go yeah, on. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I I agree with what Ben said that you know, depth chart wise, we don't need one right now. I mean, mm-hmm. our our top four is set with um you know chase claypool deontay johnson on the outside juju's back in the slot james washington can kind of fill in wherever mm-hmm. there's your top four so um you know what do you have then you've got ray ray mcleod who they re-signed um there's the the kid from georgia that they signed after his um pro day because he came out last year and didn't have a pro day right. um and then they they signed someone else Signed a kid out of Eastern Michigan. Yeah, um, that's right. Who's a, a lightning fast slot guy? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah, it seems like every year the Steelers try and find the, um, you know, these guys they can sign for free. Basically, last year it was the guys who were in the XFL that were all of a sudden available. Yeah. Um, this year it's you know the guys who came out last year but didn't have a pro day, but they can sign them right now. So. Um, you know, I think what one or two of those guys made the roster last year, so I'm not really expecting a whole lot out of some of these signings. But you never know. Um, yeah. That being said, our top four receivers are set. Um, but contract wise, Juju's on a one year deal mm-hmm. essentially. I think mm-hmm. um, James Washington, Washington's in his last Boston, year. Last year, in his last year. Yeah, yeah. So you know, there's there's need and space in the future. They did go to Auburn's pro day. Um, and took a look and, at some of their uh, yep. 
they got wide receivers. Yep. Williams too. Williams and Schwartz. Schwartz. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, um, there was just, traction on Amari Rogers from Clemson too. Yep. Um, although I think Rogers is probably more of a day two guy than a, a day three guy. I'd say the Auburn kids are probably fourth round type guys. Um, but you never know. You never never yeah. count it out. Yeah. Um, and they, I mean, they've they've taken wide receivers before in the mid rounds that they have very lightly scouted. So I would, you know, as the draft goes on, mm-hmm. don't look so much at where Tomlin and Colbert went. Those guys are looking yeah, for that's, first round picks right um as it goes on it's more important to look at where the position coaches went um in the draft in yeah and I, I i wouldn't use the term lightly scouted i would i would describe it as there was very little public acknowledgement of the fact that those players mm-hmm. were scouted um where the assistants went yeah that's part of it um but i mean did anybody go and scout kevin dodson last year uh, to my knowledge, no. no. Uh, um, they talked to him for a little yeah. while, and and that was it. And he didn't think the Steelers were taking him, and they did. Uh, Mark Caballi made a good point today um, that uh, Ray Ray McLeod's contract is is basically get out of uh, get out of that easy. There's no penalty with his either. So you know, if you well, did draft a wasn't kid, wasn't Ray Ray an exclusive rights free agent? Uh, yeah. I think he might have been, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he was, but you know, he he was just trying to make the point that you know don't automatically assume they won't take a receiver because if they can find a kid that that does the same things that Ray Ray does, uh, then then bye bye Ray Ray, you know, kind of a thing. So uh, maybe, maybe I not. I don't know. I mean, basically, Ray Ray. I don't think that he's going to be that easy to get rid of, and it just comes no. down to the fact that he's a proven commodity at this point. They know what he can do. Where if they, if they're bringing somebody along through the course of the season or, or the course of the preseason, rather, mm-hmm. they don't really know what that guy can do. They're, you know, they're making an educated guess. They're taking a gamble, but it's not a, a long right. gamble. If right. they decide to keep him, they're just going, yeah, you know, this guy showed more during the preseason. We're going to give him a shot, but they already, they know what McLeod can do, so that would kind of surprise yeah, me. No, no, that's yeah. Um, th- there's a there's a ton of receivers. I mean, the receiver depth just seems to go on and on and on and on every single year. And um, uh, Ian profiled a young man earlier this year that has one of the best names in all of college football. He is Wap Filer or Falior, um, and and he got the name from Burger King, right, Ian? Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Although he tested pretty badly. Yeah, he did. Um, So he, he probably cost himself there too, but no. Okay. So no. um, um, Yes. There's no signing bonus for McLeod because he was restricted free agent. Okay. And there's never a signing bonus for restricted free agents. They get a tender and that's it. There's no signing bonus ever. So so in other words, he he could be. Kabali's point was kind of dumb. Actually, no, no, wait a minute. Excuse me. I take that back. I take that back. It was a good point because they let him go and didn't tender him and then signed him off the street to a straight $1 million contract. Okay, that's that's what he was getting at. Yes. No, there, but there was no other money. It was just a straight contract. There's no other there's no other money. It was right. a million bucks straight up. They didn't tender him, which would have been, you know, basically twice that. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Guy, I was All right. wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Well, let's get into the position we've we've talked a lot about tonight. Um, and it's a one a lot of fans are are want to hear. Let's get into offensive tackles. Um, I, I think we can safely assume that Penny Sewell is is going to be the first off the board, and he's going to be gone uh, probably two hours before the Steelers even get on the clock, if not longer than that. Um, then you have Christian Darasau, Virginia Tech. You have Tevin Jenkins, uh, Oklahoma State, Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan, Alex Leatherwood, who some think will probably slide down to guard. Uh, you got Rashawn Slater from, from Northwestern, maybe a guard, maybe a tackle. Yeah, guard. yeah, yep. He's a guard. Um, he's too short. His arms I, are too I, short. I agree. I think he's moving to guard. Um, but but there's you know Liam Eikenberg out of Notre Dame. You know, so you got some guys here. But but again, let's go through the uh, the Tomlin Colbert um, uh, you know visitation thing. Um, did they go to Virginia Tech this year? No. Did I didn't not. think they did. No, and I know um, they they didn't go to Oklahoma State either. No, they didn't. Um, hold on, Virginia Tech. Um, Terrell Austin went to Virginia Tech along with a regional scout. Um, okay, so that was probably more looking at um, Diablo and Farley. Um, Farley. Yeah, yep. although Farley's got some medical questions. We'll talk about mm-hmm. that next week. Right. Um, and then Oklahoma State, let me look here. Uh, they had representation there, but I'm not sure who it was. Yeah, it definitely um, wasn't Colbert and Tomlin. I know no, they weren't there. No. Um, but but they were at Michigan, they were at Alabama, and they were at Notre Dame. Um, mm-hmm. So when when you – but the, the one that surprised me was, was uh, a guy you may have heard on the show already, Samuel Cosme. Um, they did not – Go see him at all, and I thought maybe he would. Someone be one went to Texas, would. but it wasn't yeah, correct. Tomlin. Yeah, correct. Now there are a couple other guys. They did see um, uh, Jackson Carmen out of Clemson when they were there, and, and he's a kid that might slide inside anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, they didn't see a whole lot of the tackles, which has a lot of people thinking they're really not interested in taking a tackle in the first round. Um, so. I mean, Ben, we're, we're, what do you do? You're, you're Kevin Colbert here. Uh, does one of those guys have to slide to you, uh, you know, at 24 before you even consider it? I mean, what do you do here? Well, I, kind of reading the tea leaves, I agree with what you guys are saying. By the same token, I, I think they're going to do something unexpected this year. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the internet draft boards have caused me as a borderline first or second round pick. Right now, that doesn't mean dick because the NFL doesn't care what the internet what the internet thinks. Um, they have their own boards and and they do what they do. Yeah. Um, but my hope is that he slides because he's a tremendous athlete. I like him. I do. Um, and he's a mauler too. I mean, that dude gets after it. He does. Yep. yep. He does, and he's a prototypical body type: long arms, tall. Uses leverage well. He's he's the kind of tackle you want out there. I don't love him as a run blocker. His pass blocking could use a little work, but man, he just moves so effortlessly. It's just mm-hmm. you're just like, wow, could that guy? I mean, perfect world, Darisol falls to twenty four. That's never going to happen. But I don't think so either. But you know, that would be fantastic. But realistically, I think the guy that would possibly be there is cause me 
mm-hmm. and he probably won't be there. What about uh, Jenkins Ian, from Oklahoma Eichenberg, State? He, uh, Jenkins? Yeah. Jenkins yeah. is, a, to me, I put him at, at tackle. Excuse me. I put him at uh, right tackle. I think tackle he's going to be at guard. guard. Yeah. Um, and if you put him at guard, he's going to make 10 Pro Bowls and the All Pro team, you oh, know, what a motor times, that kid has. Eight times at least. Yep. And he'll be a Hall of Famer. So I'm like, if I got to get a guard that good, that kid's moving to guard. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's that good. He's but fun he, to watch. He on is, tape. yeah, he is that good. And I would take him, you know, before 24 for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. He's really fun to watch. Yeah, Slater is a guy that looks like he's going to be a mauler. We discussed it. I think you know. I don't think he's left tackle. I think he's probably no. a guard too. Agree. But you know, we'll see what the NFL thinks. Uh, we're not getting Sewell. Uh, I don't think Eichenberg is worthy of a first-round pick. No, and definitely not first round. After that, the drop becomes, you know, a little steeper. It it, it does, and and there there there's some guys in there, but you know, the the one thing that I notice, and uh, Ian, I'll shift it over to you in just a second. But the, the one thing I notice a lot is when you see guys that are left tackles in college football, fans have to understand that that a lot of times that does not mean they're going to play left tackle at the NFL. In fact, many times they're probably going to shift over to right tackle or they're going to kick down the guard. Uh, Zach Banner played left tackle at USC. He was an All-American. I, I, uh, right, which to me is – that's an outlier. Um, I, I It's still stunning to me that he did that well in that situation. I mean, he, but, he, he only started know. four games, I think, but still. Four games at left tackle in the Pac-12 yeah. you know, at close yeah. to four bills. Yeah, four hundred pounds. This, this is when he yeah. weighed he weighed close to four hundred pounds, and he's mm-hmm. playing left mm-hmm. tackle in the Pac-12, and he made All American. That's yeah. I I, I mean, well, and then he didn't get drafted. <laughs> right, right. Ian, what do you got out of these tackles? Or yeah, any anything you're looking at particularly here? I'm. I, I agree with what Ben said. Um, I wouldn't mind Leatherwood. Um, he's he's. He can play. Um, I think he's he, a guard. He's probably, and here's the thing: he's probably better at guard. But could he play tackle? I mean, let's consider that we've had Alejandro Villanueva for the last what four or five years playing mm-hmm. left tackle, who was mm-hmm. generally, you know, depending on what you want to use, run block win rate, pass block win rate. You know, one of the lower graded guards yep. in the league. He was the I think we've talked about before the what 24th or 25th highest paid tackle in the league, which was about commensurate with his level yeah. of play. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we've was Villanueva a prototypical left tackle? No. Um, if you're taking one in the first round, uh, I have an article coming out tomorrow morning on where Lyman should be drafted and tackles are very, very heavily weighted towards the first round league wide. Um, so if you're getting one in the first round now, usually like the top three tackles are off the board within the first 20 picks. So, right. um, you know, that, that may be a reason why we haven't taken one. Actually, the last first round tackle we took was Jermaine Stevens back in 1996, 25 years ago. So that worked out so well. <laughs> yeah. Um, not really. Before that, it was Leon Searcy in, uh, 92 oh, that, so that guy was a hell of a tackle oh, yeah. that guy can smoke a cigar let me tell you Holy he was a God. jackass but yeah he's a hell of a tackle <laughs> yeah he's a, he's a good guy <laughs> um i eichenberg i wouldn't mind 
in the second round if he was there. In the um, second round, okay. Yeah. Yes, he's, second. I feel like Eichenberg doesn't do anything great, but also isn't terrible at anything. He's just mm-hmm. like kind of solid and pretty good at you know both pass blocking and run blocking um but he's not like great at either one yeah, of them I, um, I would agree with that and i think that if eichenberg can translate that into just being a solid tackle in the nfl he'll have a long successful career and, and i mean i you know it won't be a thing where he's making multiple pro bowls he might make a few mm-hmm. but he'll be respectable which is yeah. what you know what at we minimum need. At minimum, that's what we need there. Yeah. Yes. So I'd agree with what Ian's saying. Um, Jackson Carmen from Clemson, I think, needs to move down to guard. Jalen Mayfield from Michigan, I hope we don't take because he needs to move to guard too. He he absolutely he is a guard. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, two other names I'll throw out there, probably more late second or third round picks, probably third. Dylan Raddins from North Dakota State and Spencer yeah. Brown from Northern Iowa. Um, we sent guys to both of their pro days, obviously not Tomlin or Colbert, but we right. sent guys there. Um, and, you know, the after the, fir- the first two rounds, the Steelers under Colbert in 21 drafts have only taken two guys uh, from non-like Power 5 mm-hmm. conferences, which was Ben Roethlisberger and Ricardo Coakley. One of those worked out great. One of those worked out horribly. Um, so basically in the first two rounds... Ben didn't work out horribly. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, you know, the, the first two rounds, you're looking at, at guys from, from Power Conferences. Um, but once you get to the third round, it, it opens up a little bit. And, um, you know, if we don't go tackle in the first two rounds i'd be i'd be very open to considering one of those guys in the third okay all right very good uh let's kick it down to guards here um why and, and uh, so this because is because we have to we've signed every friggin' free yeah, agent guard well, in the nfl this is a I, position we don't really need unless they have a significant concern about david DeCastro playing this year which is the mm-hmm, last year of his contract mm-hmm, i mean mm-hmm. Based on sort of reading the tea leaves, and I have no inside information here, but it seems like they're kind of expecting him to retire after this year because they have, lit, like Ben said, literally signed every free agent guard in the league to see if they can find something, um, which considering Kevin Dotson's the starter and waiting at left guard is mm-hmm. a little surprising um, that they're you know signing all these free agent guards. Um, but I don't really think there's a big need in the draft just because we, we signed right. a lot of depth. I don't there. either. We need center a lot more. Um, that said, you know, we've talked about Carmen. We've talked about Mayfield. Um, Wyatt Davis from Ohio State's a guy they took a look at. He's probably a day two pick. Um, Deontay Brown from Alabama. Ben Cleveland from Georgia. Aaron Banks from Notre Dame. Those are probably like mm-hmm. late third round guys, maybe fourth round guys. Um, so, you know, guys they've taken a look at, but uh, I would – Tackles a much bigger need than guard. Oh, huge, huge, huge! I, I, the, the one guy, and and I think he's going to end up being a center anyway. Is the kid out of Wisconsin Whitewater, uh, Quinn Miners? I, Quinn Miners. I, I was going to yeah. talk about him with the centers. Yeah. So. Then, then let's just leave it at that. Let's let's move to centers here in a second. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about him there. What about um, converting one of these guards to center? Well, and that's Ben. That's what I was going to ask you because we've we've talked about that. Is that part of this this onslaught of signing all of these guards? Is maybe one of them is is going to convert to center? I 
I, you know, BJ Finney had some comments this week and, and I mean, look, Finney, I like a lot. He's a good guy. Uh, I was really impressed with him when he played guard, but I, there's no way he can be your starting center. I just don't see it. Uh, I don't like him at center and never have, No, no. but I mean, I hope he's not the starting center, um, but, you know, he may be a placeholder if they decide that they're going to draft one and they're going to bring right. him along. It could be. Um, Finney may be the guy for a little while, um, but I don't know. What if what if Vera Tucker's there at 24? I mean, guards are typically taken late in the first round. What That's if true. they What if they think they can convert that guy to center? Yeah. I, I, that'll be a big conversion. I mean, he played tackle. He was tackle in college. He's yeah. definitely projects as a guard, but like a very, very good guard. Well, he's uh, got the quicks. He's got the feet. He can do it, I think. But he's got to learn to snap. Yeah. Which, I mean, honestly, that's kind of a crapshoot. I it, you know, it can be. Yeah. Though some um, guys can just do it easily, and other guys, not so much. Yeah, you know, to to the point you guys were making about DeCastro, I mean, he played hurt last year. I mean, it, it, it's it's common knowledge that he did. Um, it's it's also common knowledge that he's he's a pretty bright guy. He seems to have interests outside of football too. He's just started a family. You know, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe the Steelers are thinking he's got one more year, and and that's it. And that's why they're they're signing all these different guys. I. I don't know. You know, maybe they don't know that he'll heal 100 percent from from his uh, his injuries and stuff. So I, I think there's a lot going on there that most of the general public just doesn't really know, um, including us. So, um, all right, I won't spend any more time on that. Let's talk centers because center is obviously a position that we desperately need. At least I think we do. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Creed Humphrey, Ian, fire away. I've been talking up Creed Humphrey for a while um, from Oklahoma, who I think is the best center in this draft. Um, And the only one that I would even consider using a first round pick on, they did not go go to Oklahoma's pro day. Um, So that's not a good sign for him getting taken, um, you know, at at the 24th overall pick. But um, I mean, his, his athletic testing was through the roof. I mean, you look side by side like Humphrey versus Pouncey and it was weird cause it didn't show up as much on his, on his film, but no. the, um, you know, the, the way he tested like blue Pouncey's numbers all out of the water. Um, so that was a, a bit surprising, although, um, for, for center, some of those athletic drills may not mean quite as much just because unless you're like Marquise Pouncey and can get out on the edge and pull. There aren't many centers in the league that can actually like pull. Most of them are just interior guys. So having, you know, stellar athletes is not as important. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, uh, we've talked a lot on this show over time about Landon Dickerson from Alabama. I have like, we all do significant concerns about his injury history. Probably mm-hmm. wouldn't take him before the third round. Um, just because of that, Josh Myers from Ohio state's a guy they went to see. Um, he's probably a day two pick as well. Second or third round, mm-hmm. um, Trey Hill at Georgia. He's probably a early day three pick like fourth round ish. Um, he's had some know, injury issues too. He's had some injury issues. And then yep. Quinn Miners from Wisconsin whitewater, uh, who you mentioned, uh, absolutely tore it up at the senior bowl. And that dude's just a mauler inside. And yeah, I, and he's I don't fast. Know I don't As know if linemen go, he's fast. Yes, he is. I don't yep. know if he'll be there by the time we pick in the third. He um, won't. But 
Yeah. So I, I mean, former it, wrestler got it, great if, balance. Yeah. If, if they want to take him, they've got to do it in the second round. So yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah, he won't be that. there in the eighties. Yeah. Um, did, did you guys get a chance to watch Humphrey? Because I, I saw his, his numbers as far as his drills and everything. And I, I, I'm just not overly impressed with him as uh, let's put it this way. His athletic testing doesn't translate to what I saw on film. Is that fair to say, Ben? I I, I don't know. Yeah. I went back and I watched his film after I saw his numbers and was like, I was blown away. I was like, Mm -hmm. Whoa. (laughs) Okay. That isn't what I saw from the guy. Same. Um, I saw more of a power type player. Then I did a little bit of, of background on him. Apparently he wrestled his whole life. Okay. And so he understands leverage and angles and that's his game. I love that type. I love, I do too, but he also apparently is a very good athlete. He just, he's just never been asked to utilize that skill set. So you have to wonder if he was coached to do so what he might do. Hmm. which makes yeah. me really intrigued. Yeah, no, same here. And I, I think he falls in that similar situation as a Pat Fryermuth. I, he'll be there at 24, but he's not going to be there at 55. You know, that, that type of thing. Uh, um, probably. Yeah. I, I, I hope he is, but I just, I just don't see it. Um, You know, and again, are we as fans putting our focus in areas where the Steelers as a team are not? And I, I think that's really what it comes down to with with a lot of these things, especially especially in the first round. Um, so let me let me kind of throw it to you guys as as kind of a parting shot type thing here, um, Ian. If, if if you could narrow it down, um, and and if the draft goes as chalk as as possible, where, where do you think the Steelers are going right now? Three weeks before the draft. Oh boy. Um... Are you asking for a player or a position? <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to put you on the spot as far as a player yet because we'll we'll do that. We'll we'll do our mock drafts. The the yeah, you know, yeah. kind of the night of the draft, maybe something of that effect. I don't know what we're doing just just quite yet, but but what, right. what where do you think they go? Because I think we've all three we've kind of explained tonight. We don't think they're going tackle in the no, first round. I don't think so, they're going tackle. If I yeah, if I had to give you a top five. It would be Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Pat Fryermuth, Asante Samuel, and Tyson Campbell would be my yeah. top five. So okay. two cornerbacks, a tight end, and two running backs. Fair yeah. enough. Okay. Ben? I would agree with that. Although, actually, wait, let me, let me put one caveat in there, though, which yeah. we haven't talked about. But if either of the top two inside linebackers is available, right. Micah Parsons. Ooh. Right. If, if Parsons was there, I'd be like, oh. You can't, you can't pass him. on that guy. Yeah. If they took Parsons as badly as they need a tackle, I would not be angry. No, yeah. I wouldn't either. No. Or the no. or the kid from Notre Dame, Uwusu Koromora. He's he's really good too. So yeah, he he's intriguing. I I don't he's know very how intriguing good he is. I I think he's a little bit light in the loafers. Well, that's the wrong way of putting it. Light in the seat. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> yeah, light in the loafers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a little bit light in the seat. Yeah, he's a know? smaller guy. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. he's a dimebacker. He you know, yeah. he's he's a Swiss Army knife. He's what they used to call oh. a, a tweener. He's you yeah. know, yeah. he's a guy that can't really. 
be a safety, but isn't really a linebacker Ooh. either. So, yeah. you know, he's a sub-package linebacker. I don't know yeah. that I would take him at 24. I might. I'd consider it. I don't know. Um, you know, people keep comparing him to Ryan Shazier. No, Ryan Shazier was 237 right. at his pro day. This kid was 218. Mm-hmm. Okay? And granted, yes, when Shazier was playing, he's about 225. But still, uh, well, it just isn't. it's just not the same thing it's just not these guys no. drink as much water as they possibly can before weigh-ins so that they can be as heavy as possible yep so if he did that and he was still only 218 he's probably more like in the 210 to 215 range which really makes him a safety it it, it does and uh we'll we'll definitely spend more time talking about him next week when we cover the defensive stuff um we we all know the draft rarely goes as we think it will um, there's always a surprise, whether it's a trade and somebody gets taken that nobody sees coming, or there's just a general uh, uh, run on positions that we don't see coming. I mean, it, it just happens. So um, we've got three weeks left to ponder all of that. But uh, for, for Ian and Ben, we're going to get on out of here for tonight. That's our offensive preview for the Steelers. And uh, you didn't ask um, Ben who he thought we would take. Oh, I kind of thought he was just agreeing with you. I'm sorry. I did. I did. I I, I more or less agreed. Although, you know, I was about to cut you off and you went, except. And then I went, yep. If Parsons there and they took Parsons, I would would agree with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know about taking the kid from Notre Dame at 24. I'm I'm not quite sold on him being good enough to take that high. Um, If they traded back and got an extra day two pick. Mm-hmm. And then took him as well at the end of the first. I'd be going, okay, yeah, that uh, okay, that works. Yeah, I, I'm a massive fan of trading down uh, in the first round. I, I would absolutely love it. Uh, again, you got to have a lot of things fall into place there, but I would absolutely love it. Uh, anyway, we're going to get on out of here for uh, this evening. Uh, thanks to Ben, thanks to Ian, and thanks to deck roofing of south florida this has been the scb steelers podcast and we are signing off for another evening and hey go steelers ravens suck